Welcome back. It is the Focus Target Podcast. <laughs> Maybe Bane and wasn't ready. He was he was doing the he's doing his best professor impersonation with the glasses. That was good. Um welcome back, season two, episode 70. We've done 70. This is our 70th podcast. Really 71st, because uh we did one that never made the light of day because we lost it due to technical issues. And that's like a so. hundred and five hours of wasted time for us. It's, think it's about it lot. with all the breaks, it's what, like three years, three, four years of like like chronologically we've uh we've certainly been at it for a while so and this is not a wasted hours of our listeners yes this is not a uh uh romanticizing uh milestone uh thing i just i noticed we were at 70 and that's a round number today we're actually going to do our the first of what we hope to be a series of podcasts um not consecutively but just in the future we hope to come back to uh, a twin movie analysis so if you're not familiar twin movies are movies that um uh, were very similar in subject matter that came, that were released around the same time. And so uh, today we're going to be doing a little analysis of the twin movies of The Prestige and The Illusionist, which all three of us have watched within the last couple of weeks. Uh, so right off the top, let's get the spoiler warning out of the way before I forget. Um, we will be going deep on both of these movies. So if you haven't seen, they're, they're kind of twisty turny movies, not sure what's going on a lot of times. So it definitely will ruin it if you continue to listen to this podcast. And they're good. Both of them are pretty good movies. So you definitely should go check them out. If you haven't listened, if you haven't watched them yet, go check them out, then come back to this podcast. You'll enjoy it much more that way anyway. So with that out of the way, uh, let me reintroduce myself if for first time listeners i am the host smiley with me as always shy and van sorry i was distracted by van's glasses at the beginning it kind of threw me off my game how you guys doing oh, what's up guys hey you ready for some movie discussion yeah yeah not yet because before that we have a question of the day as always come on we've done this 70 times you guys weren't ready for the question of the day today's question of the day you know last time we uh Last time we didn't do a, a podcast, we didn't out of focus because because we had a, a conflict. So the last time before that, when we actually had a focus target podcast, we talked about um, we we're talking about consoles and uh, things like that. And so this is only tangentially related to that, but we thought this would be kind of a cool time to talk about the origin of our podcaster names. So I am Smiley, Shy Shyroll, and Vandana. Um, you know, what, what did the, where did those names come from? Why did you pick those names? What are there references involved? What, what was it all about? Let's start with van. Um, did you name your character after a van down by the river? I, so I was in a parking lot one day and it said van parking only. (laughs) And I was like, that's a cool name. (laughs) But instead of van parking, I put Vandana. Hmm. It's not true. Sounds totally true. Totally, totally, totally (laughs) legitimate. Now, um, I mean, any listener to the podcast would know that um, we're pretty big Final Fantasy fans, and I, I, my name, original. Okay, so yeah, the name that everybody knows me by was actually probably the second alias, the second alias that I took on, but it was the one that stuck with me the longest. So anyway, um, I made it for Final <laughs> Fantasy <too>. Eleven. <laughs> I made it for Final Fantasy Eleven, and. Um, I literally just wanted something Final Fantasy e sounding, so I just dug in deep. It's literally not based off of anything other than literally the way it sounds, and I just made up the name completely. So I wanted to make up the name because I wanted number one. Whenever you're playing MMORPGs, it's hard to get the desired name that you want if it's like Smoke or like you know Kitty One. Not that I would want that or anything. So I just wanted a name that like nobody ever heard before felt Final Fantasy E and for some reason I came up with that word and it worked well. So I was like, oh this is awesome, Vandana. So I just wanted to roll with it. I was like, it feels like Final Fantasy. I was pleasantly surprised when Final Fantasy 12 came out and the lead character protagonist that you play was named Vaughn. So V-A-A-N and I was like, huh, I was on the right track with this one because everybody calls me Van. His name was Vaughn. Van so Vaughn? Cer- certifiably a Final Fantasy sounding name. Correct. So that, that's, where, that's where it came from. Completely. Square Enix, Square yeah, Enix backed you up in the very next installment. <laughs> what about you, Shy? Shyroll? Uh, mine's very similar. Uh, mine was also created for Final Fantasy XI. 
when <clears throat> I started playing Final Fantasy XI, I knew I wanted to play as a race in the game called Mithra, which was a cat race because uh, I knew I wanted to play a ranger like an idiot because <laughs> that was not the job you wanted to start playing the game as it was a job like, that required a lot of expensive time a lot of in-game job. money and over the next like four years i learned that the hard way by always having to like farm money in that game but i always liked rangers i wanted to play as that 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 class and that was the best race to play that class as but uh, i wanted to come up with a name that sounded feline so I, like I was trying to think one up and I don't know like how it exactly started. I ended up with Shyrule though, because for some reason I really felt like the Y sound, the like the Y vowel in the middle, it felt like sounded feline to a certain extent. And then I like, I added, I had the shy cause I'm kind of a shy guy. So I was like, shy roll like that, that works. And so that has stuck. So that's been kind of my go-to name in gaming ever since, um, since then. Well, my, my story is a little di- different, although it's still the same. Um, you know, it, it all starts with Final Fantasy XI. And, you know, you guys know me as a fairly creative person. Like, I make my own RPGs. I make D&D campaigns. I'm always thinking of games. I don't know why I couldn't think up character names. Like, I, I just, I wasn't good at it. So when I first started playing Final Fantasy XI, much like Shy, I was playing an elven character. And, like, I couldn't think of a good name so I went to Lord of the Rings and I tried to name my character Elrond, but of course Elrond was taken. So I went with Elrond X and that was my first character, Elrond <laughs> X, which is the lamest name you've ever heard. So bad. It's terrible. And so the only thing that would have made it worse is if you put an X in the beginning. X, X or like, Elrond or like X, cloak at, X. A cloak at the end, Elrond X cloak. <laughs> It was just uh, it was just embarrassing, but that character didn't last that long. Um, I think I got to like level thirty six, and it was tough. It was tough to in the early days of that game to be an elven, especially I was a dark knight, which was There's a lot like, of elven hate too. There was a lot, and uh, they had bad accuracy, and there wasn't accuracy food. So especially as a dark knight, it yeah, was rough. your empty yeah. pool. Nobody wanted to play with me. Nobody wanted to party with me. It was it was un, it was unhappy, and so uh, I ended up leaving the game for a while. I, I actually quit, and then. Um, I found out that one of the guys in my Japanese class played on a different server. That was, uh, that was, that was, whoa, um, Kinney, I think at the time in game. And so he kind of got me back into it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to, when I came back, I was like, I'm going to start a new character. I'm going to get a clean slate. And um, so instead I, I decided to name my character after an old flash game that I used to play in high school. There was a game on, do you guys remember like, I think it was like soda pop arcade or something. There was like a site. There was a site when I was in high school. There was a site that had all these little flash games that you could play. And because back in the day, compute like uh, schools weren't that sophisticated with their internet, so they didn't have things blocked like they probably do now. So like we would like get on the computers and play these little flash games when we had breaks and stuff. And one of the games that my friends and I really loved was a game called Smiley Needs a Pint, and it was about this <laughs> Irish dude who had to walk back and forth from the bar to the bathroom and each time he'd get a little bit more drunk and stagger and you had to like dodge like falling scottish items like haggis and and kilts and all kinds of weird shit and so like it was just a silly little back and forth game but we played it like every day and i thought like it just stuck with me i thought smiley would be a cool name but unfortunately i did not have the foresight that someone like van did to think that oh this is going to be a name that everyone's going to take because smiley's such a generic thing and so very rarely am i able to get that name and in fact i lost it when our server emerged with another one because that name was already taken so um you know uh it's it stuck with me through the podcast uh, a little bit be, because you guys still call me Smiley from back in the day, but most of my usernames don't incorporate that anymore because it's just too popular of a name. It's always taken. So, so yeah, there you go. Cool. Good stories. If you, our listeners, have uh, questions about our name origins, I don't know why you wouldn't. I think that was be pretty that was pretty comprehensive. But you know, who knows? Maybe you have a question <laughs> that we didn't address, or if you have a username of your own that you'd like to share with the podcast, you know, drop like us that. a line. We'll we'll uh, you know we'll have uh, our contact information at the end of the show, and we you know if you send us something, maybe we'll uh, we'll put you on the show. So, all right, Prestige and Illusionist, two movies. Somewhat similar, but still pretty different, I would say. Uh, some may call them twin. Some call movies. them twin, but I definitely think they have a they had a very different feel and a very you really were about other different things. So let's go through a brief, very high level kind of plot summation. Um, 
that just to get everybody on the same page and remind us perhaps, and then we can jump into, um, you know, questions we have about the plot or, or whatever we want to talk about. So um, I'm going to take, I'm going to go through the prestige. Shy's going to go through the illusionist. Van, you get to choose which of us goes first. Illusionist. And I'm going to color comment. Go. Nice. All right. Um, this is a very high level, very uh, um, fumbling we'll chip, attempt. We'll, at we'll try to back in. you up, Shy. We're all going to try to back so, you up. You're not we'll doing chip, this alone. The Illusionist yeah. begins with a young boy and his female friend. And they're good friends, but they come from different backgrounds. He's uh, he's the son of a carpenter. That She is a uh, the daughter of a uh, rich family. Not royalty, I don't think, but just she's, a very wealthy a elite. So yeah, was she a duchess? All right, I know. I know that she's. I know that she's engaged to one later, but to yeah, she was to, a duchess. Right. Yeah. All right, so she's a duchess. So, they're friends. They they fall in love as young people can fall in love. It seems like like it's not like super flowery. It's very much more like a friendship is how it's portrayed. But they end up getting they're they're heavily discouraged from spending time together, and then they end up being separated. Meanwhile, he's been kind of like intrigued as a young boy with illusions and magic tricks. Well, they get separated. He has to leave for some reason is that kind of when he leaves is that one yeah, time they, he, get separated, uh, they, he's ba- kinda... they basically like basically the guards say if we ever catch you with her again and i done, think there's a son well, there's an important part to note right before that happens though is when they're both in that little cave hiding from yeah. you know the, the security guards who are going to pick up or whatever he's like she's like um she says something to the effect of like make us disappear yeah and like that just comes back later on in the end of the movie yeah. and you see him crying hard you see him like crying he really wants to but he yeah obviously he also yeah yeah that's her. a good point he actually yeah. believes in real magic and and tries you see him trying to focus and it just doesn't happen of course he also crafts a specially made locket for oh yeah very important. gives it yes. to her at that yep. time yep. Uh, as a child and good call. yeah then he then he leaves the country basically He's too, because he gets chased off so then all so then fast forward he comes back 15 years um yeah um he comes he back and he's now a master magician slash illusion illusionist so he puts on this big show in the town that he was from i believe or the area he's from and she shows up along with is it am i getting ahead of myself is there like build nope, up to this i, I don't right. remember like she shows up with the man i don't know that we know quite yet but the man that she's betrothed to or engaged to yep. who's the duke or he's yes. no, um, he's the he's the, the emperor. Well, he's, he's the son, he's the son of the emperor. Son of the, right? emperor. The son of the emperor. Um, yes. And and what I know, we know what country this is. I don't remember. Is it Vienna? What I know, I feel like it's they some, mentioned the, the country like several times. But um, Germany or that part of the yeah, world. Yeah, it's it's Europe. Um, not it's America, not the emperor of America. Just so we're all clear. Um, but so he asks for a volunteer to come on stage. This the son of the emperor volunteers. Um, the lady who's Jessica Biel, by the way, we didn't mention actors, but Jessica Biel plays the female lead. Edward Norton plays the male Aust- lead. Um, Austria, Hungary, sorry. Austria, Hungary. Um, yeah. And so she comes on stage and initially doesn't recognize him. He does this really cool illusion involving like a ghost and a mirror and like a floating soul. just like really cool stuff. Um, and then as she walks off stage, he says something and she looks at him and there's like, there's recognition in her eyes. Um, so a really impressive illusion. He gets invited back to the dressing room to meet the son of the emperor, who's very intrigued, but also is a high, very, very skeptical person who not only, and also aggressively competitive. So not only <laughs> does he not believe anything that happened is real, which is probably good, but he also is determined to try to decide how, how it's not real. So he basically invites him to come to do a private show at, at the palace um, with the intention of debunking him. Um, I'm trying to remember some, some, some out of context things uh, you guys have to jump in because i'm going to jump right only, to that party um, the only other thing that's somewhat important is we kind of see a lot of this through the eyes not through the eyes of but like uh the the crown prince has a chief inspector mm. uh which is paul giamani's character uh great character uh, and yeah. he's he's kind of a magic enthusiast he actually like does a little bit himself and like so he's kind of you know you know checking out the stuff for security and he's in attendance and he kind of has a little bit more direct contact with uh with eisenheim uh which is edward norton's character and we'll have to do i don't know we'll, we'll get to this we've got to talk about like for favorite characters in the movie the movies yeah. respectively yeah. um Absolutely. I'm character I will say- was really well one notable event that takes place is that what you're asking about the the private showing in front of the duke and and that's where we were going next yeah yeah okay gotcha go ahead yeah so so he's invited to this to to this private show um and 
he puts on a show he does this he does um i don't remember the initial he he does the thing where he does like a mock painting on we're, this is going way too in depth we got to cut back the key scene from this party is he does he does a trick that the um, person immediately gets up and starts trying to debunk it and is like actually feeling you know around edward norton's body like trying to figure like very invasive um very aggressive and so edward norton vo- asks him to volunteer his sword and he sticks it to the ground and and basically uh, makes an illusion of it similar to like the sword and the stone with like King Arthur and like how King Arthur was worthy to pull it from the stone and then like kind of invites some people to come up and try it out like generals different people in the room finally it's time for the Emperor Sun to take it back and you can tell as he grabs it it's not budging and it kind of looks at Edward Norton like you're gonna let me pull this off the ground right like he wasn't in control and Edward Norton kind of like waits a second but then like does um so interesting like that was such like a political, good too. <laughs> oh yeah some interesting political um subtext there and then as the emperor leaves the room like that kind of ends the show he's obviously pissed at Edward norton not like visibly to the guests but like he's not happy and he tells he runs into we've kind of by now realized that paul giamatti as, as smiley was alluding to is not only just like an inspector of like the town he's definitely like in the pocket of the emperor's son like he does his bidding and uh and so he tells him he's like find 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 something dirt on him and get him out of here basically like like at that point he's yep. pissed um is this when she when when edward norton and just will have their rendezvous yes. all yes. right so they reconnect as as you know they were young friends at one point now they're lovers so um they have a scene where she comes to his place and they um decide that they're get going hot to and heavy yeah get hot and heavy <laughs> oh. and they decide that they're going like to um do what did you watch like, are you talking the about the carriage or something? Or are you no. talking about We're talking about the scene in the cabin yeah, where the carriage the carriage happens somewhere in there, but yeah. Yeah. They meet a couple times. There's yeah. a couple meetings. They, they, yeah. they yeah. kind they kind of have a, a reconnection and it gets back to the point where it becomes clear that they want to be together. So but she's gonna run away with him, him right? Mm-hmm. Is that what they're gonna do? Well, no, she, that's she right. wants to, yeah. but or he wants her to. He he tells her, "Let's oh, run yes. away together." And yeah. she says, "There's no way because the the duke or the the crown prince needs me to for an alliance with some other somebody else. Yeah. He will never let me go. He's not that kind of person. As long as we're alive, he will yeah. seek us. We'll he will us. try to find us. He will never let rest until until we're done." I think I just picked this picked back up. So basically so right so yeah so they have that conversation she goes back to the, ma- the manor well unbeknownst to them they've been spotted on one of their ra- their get-togethers in town a carriage yes. ride as van was alluding to and the apology Mati's character goes to the son her son tells him about it he the emperor son confronts her about it she's she gets angry at him she's gonna leave he follows her and then it's a, seemingly it's off screen but it looks like he he attacks her with his sword and you see her riding out of the mansion on slumped over a horseback with blood. The next day they find her body in a river. Um, Edward Norton like drags it out of the river, tries to give her, you know, mouth to mouth, like she's, but she's dead. And, um, and they take her body away. So this kind of, you know, destroys Edward Norton's character. He's wrought with grief and he is certain that the emperor's son is the one that killed her. And so he takes it upon himself now to set up a new show in, um, in the town at large where he begins summoning what appear to be specters very realistic like specters of either dead people or people that aren't like the first person that you see isn't so much i don't think they ever say that they're dead it's just that, like it's almost like he's summoning someone from another like geophysical location like a youth from like russia or something um and 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 these people they, they, they communicate they're talking out loud um they like you see them moving their hands to these people and they're um like they can like they don't have physical weight to them um but he's in so some of these individuals very realistic he starts developing a like a cult following basically within the town of people who believe that he actually can communicate with the dead um and he starts summoning jessica beale's character and she starts alluding in comments in these shows that maybe her death wasn't innocent yeah. pretty um, subtle he doesn't just have her yeah. pop out and point a finger yeah she's very it's, it's very kind of slow and building and yeah al- allegation like you know very subtle allegations and things like that and it's very interesting because he does it subtly enough that um you know that he's we find out later this it's it is a very complex well i don't want i don't know if I'm, I'm, who knows this is a very weird weird overview but um you know the the duke son the ember son is still is you know it's pissed that he's not gone right like obviously like he's he's upset that she's dead but also i don't know if he's super upset that she's dead i don't know if you really see him grieving but um you know he wanted Edward orange characters gone he's not and he's causing a stir 
so you know he's working with Paul Giamatti to really kind of try to take him down and so he he takes one himself in one show to, to actually go as an undercover attendee um to basically incriminate um to basically incriminate um Edward Norton and that that's the show I think where she does pretty much incriminate him um, well it's funny because she said Go yeah, ahead. it says something to the effect of like he's in this room or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she says like, my, kid, my killer's in yeah. this room, which is funny though because nobody knew the Duke was in the room, presumably, like because he was in disguise. Did right? Yes, uh, yes, and yes, it was. It was definitely. Huh. It was definitely some subtle stuff. <laughs> very, very, very well done. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like this is where I'm going to really start just, just, gla- just glazing over the ending of the film. Really, I mean. In the end, all these pieces of the puzzle are coming together that really seem to make a very significant case, especially to Paul Giamatti's character, that maybe the Emperor's son really was involved. There's some gems that are found that are from his sword that are actually missing from his sword. He finds these these gems that actually fit into where the sword they would have gone a sword that could have both from her dead body as well as from the stable where they think that maybe she was attacked. Um, and then, uh, and so he basically he confronts. Um, he confronts the emperor's son and tells him that he's actually contacted his dad, which has been kind of a looming subtext throughout the film of like the fact that his dad is very conservative. The son's very progressive. So they don't really see eye to eye and the son is planning on, you know, he wants to rise to power so he can kind of make changes to the government. And so the dad maybe doesn't already trust him to a certain extent. Um, but so, you know, at the end, he, he's kind of there in a room together. He's like, you know, I've sent for your, your father to let him know that I think you've killed, you know, your betrothed and you're in trouble. And, the very tense scene where the Emperor's son pulls out a gun and looks like he's going to shoot Paul Giamatti's character uh, ends up killing himself. Um, and then I guess the spoiler at the end of the film is we see Edward Norton kind of in the world, just kind of outside going, I think I got the, I got the impression he made the comment when he got back from uh, when he sees Jessica Biel for the first time after showing up again. And she's like, where have you been all these years? And he was like, I went to my uncle, uncle's cabin or something. And I forget where, like, you know, obviously then he said like, then I traveled the world, but he mentioned specifically like his uncle's cabin or something. I, oh yeah. So at the um, end, I wondered if it was the same, like it's the same place, like his uncle's cabin, but you maybe, see him like yeah. riding through the wilderness to this cabin. All of a sudden Jessica Biel's there. Um, and then they're, you know, the idea is that they're going to live happily ever after, I believe. Um, so kind of a, you know, traditional American sappy ending kind of to a, yeah, I think I think the part that I would add is just that um, it becomes clear in the final moments, um, to, especially to the inspector, but also to the audience, that um, Edward Norton's character engineered um, everything. He like yeah. it was kind of a setup. He they faked her death. They, <clears throat> that um, she spiked his drink to make him very hazy, so he would be irrational and not sure what he, she, he would do um he being the crown prince um she took some kind of drought that made her um like romeo and Juliet. yeah but they're her, both in on it th- yeah thinking th- everyone thought she was dead but really she wasn't and they kind of squirreled her out of the country so that, that uh she wouldn't be chased and then you know he uh, had obviously done all the things to to so basically, he framed the crown prince for a murder that didn't happen, so that yeah. they could escape. So and he ended up killing himself. Yeah. So the real bad guy here is is clearly um, Edward Norton, <laughs> which is weird because he's definitely like portrayed as like the Robin Hood character. Like obviously, the Emperor's son wasn't a good. Well, the guy, Emperor's son was you know, kind of a. Like, oh, and he uh, uh, <clears throat> we didn't mention like he had been there had been suspicions of him abusing partners in the past. So he kind of he does of a slap jessica yeah, does, when she hits her yeah so yeah there's there's a power struggle within him there yeah he's not a he's not a, a nice guy all right do we want to talk about the prestige a little bit or i'm sorry do we want to talk about this movie a little bit get a little bit more into this one before we go to the prestige yeah or i think we, we just wrap this one up and then we can okay. go on to the prestige and then okay. possibly some interconnections afterwards okay. so so shy it sounded like when we first brought this up you i had mentioned and this will come up later that i I am more perplexed by the prestige than I am by the illusionist. Like what, what outliers did you still have on the illusionist? I don't, I, I don't know about you. I didn't think they ever explained how he did the illusions of the people. They didn't really explain how ever, he did I don't think that's, and I think that's like the illusions. biggest, that's like the biggest thing. Like, I feel like most of, uh, not that in the prestige we'll get there, not that they explain the science, but they yeah. kind of explain how they work. Like, like right. the idea of like, Oh, this is what happens kind of like, this is what's happening. And at the end you're like, Oh, well that, that sucks. Like that's really dark. But like, I kind of have an idea of what's happening. I feel like with the illusionists, like 
you don't know. Like for all we know is he, maybe he does have dark powers that he picked up and he could actually like conjure people to like communicate and show up. Like, I think that's, it's kind of cool in a way. Like it's very story. The movie I would say is much more of a storybook. It feels more like a fairy tale than the prestige. Absolutely. Um, and just like visually, like, I think it's a much more like, they're both very well shot and they're both like beautiful films in their own right. But I feel like the illusionist feels like you're like, it's almost like, like the, the color grading they did with it. It's almost like you're looking at an old painting in motion. Like it's got that kind of like the, like, like kind of almost a washed out photograph look. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just a very beautiful film. And it's just, it's just like with how it ends kind of on a, on a high note and just like. Like you're walking mystery, through the halls of Hogwarts. The Maybe. paintings are moving. Yeah. Aren't you? So I think I think that he has no magical powers. He was just a brilliant illusionist, and that everything could be explained eventually. So they, I, I they kind of alluded to it with like the yeah they showed the like steamy the, guy. The video, He's like, this is how yeah. it could possibly happen. And it just it wasn't, wasn't even close. Well it wasn't even close. No, it was like you need close. a surface to project onto. Like first of all, right. like they were these getting things a little moved. I don't. No, I don't. This. I think this problem is as a video. Maybe because I'm a broadcast productions major. Like you're just like <laughs> thinking about like how like nowadays we can't do stuff like that. And maybe it's but, because like, I'm a magician. I get it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I will. You, I will you say. You won't reveal your tricks to me, right? Because so I'm an illusionist. You're not going to tell it. us about it. How to do it? All right. I, what, that was prestige? something I no really way. liked. That was something I really liked about the prestiges. They did, like again, you didn't necessarily know all the details, but they gave an explanation for like you didn't think other than maybe the Tesla part and the the powers of the machine in the prestige, which we'll get to. Like <laughs> you didn't. There wasn't a whole lot where you're like, how did he do that? It was was it magic, or was it Mm -hmm. like they kind of gave an explanation a reasonable explanation for basically every trick that was done in that book which was so, which was i thought really cool and the I, illusions I, they didn't yeah but the, but they continually referenced things that seemed impossible and showed how it could be possible like they never left it fully up to chance like even the plant right on its first mm -hmm. show like where the plant grows and the fruit and he's like it's real fruit check it out well then you see the blueprints later on and you see the mechanics that drive the vines through and all that stuff and how it was possible for him to do it if you could suspend a little bit of imagination now i do have two points on that one was that just to trick the the professor into thinking hey this is how it actually was so you'll get off my back or two was that really supposed to portrayed like the genuine way of how he did that growing so in shy like, yeah, it looks like you, you have a get, lot to like, say about that how do you get a regular a full orange <laughs> See, that's that's my that's what i was gonna say like because it comes up as a sprout and then also there's yes. an orange like i think what they want i think the film is happy to have loose ends and i think that's like christopher nolan isn't happy to have loose ends i think like he can't yeah, make oh, a movie with loose sure. ends and so well, like um i think once no, again but like all of his endings are confusing as fuck well, there you go. But, but, like, but so once you, have, you like, understand them, once they become demystified. I still don't understand Interstellar, so, and I've watched it 14 times. All right. Um, <laughs> well, Interstellar just gets into weird stuff anyway. I don't know. that That's probably, like, his most far-out film anyway. Now we're getting – we should do a Christopher Nolan podcast someday. That'd be we fun. Should. Um, that's actually a great But, uh, like, start with a Memento and, like, just go through – well, not – I know Memento wasn't his first. but We've got a lot um, to get to. Yeah. Let's stay, so, on, let's um, stay on proceed. No, I think the, in, the, uh, the blueprint – I thought it was a great scene at the end when he, like, gives that to – he doesn't give it, but he gets it to Paul Giamatti because they kind of had this, like – really subtle kind of like yeah. com, you know com you know camaraderie or whatever respect i don't know that edward norton really respected him but i think he respected edward norton um but like you know he makes the gets the blueprint to him i think my my interpretation of that scene is that it is supposed to be the real blueprint i still don't like what smiley said i don't get how and this is probably illusion you know how because it's an illusion but like how you get a real fruit out of that maybe he has in his sleeve and it looks you know it's a paper mache fruit and he swaps it out as he pulls it correct off the plant. Who yeah, knows? as, he, as like, he picks it um, right comes out and all that stuff. yeah to, but to I me he did give it to him yeah to me the plans were there to show this wasn't magic there was a like to what van there was a mechanical you. thing behind it but like it still didn't answer all the questions again as thoroughly as maybe the prestige did which is not, i mean so, and that's right for some people that's okay but the only other point i'll make on this is, and why i think it was all subtly explained as to be a genuine illusion and not 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 some art or, or power. Me, not some type of magic or mystical power yeah is that um shini pointed out and i need to go back and, and double check this but Shini was like i think i saw the little kid who was you know the um the, the specter who showed up the little kid running around or whatever in one of the scenes when they're in the back of the of the auditorium she said i thought i saw a a, a mask that looked just like that little kid hmm. and i'm like oh so if that is the case then you are supposed to infer that this was part of how he made the specter appear that'd and be interesting case, then... to watch it again maybe with a 
an eye to some of those like things going on in the background right, right like, where you're not focused only on the narrative yeah. but like hey what else is going on here yeah right. so she said that and i'm like okay well that would just further support that they really want you to think like yeah this is there's nothing magical going on here in real right. in reality this is just a fantastic illusion so all right well let's jump over to the prestige uh, i'm gonna try it i'll try to keep this quick but it was a bit of a complicated movie so i'm gonna do my best um the the salient points is that it's a much different so while the um the illusionist was really kind of the story of young lovers against a kind of kind of an evil evil empire in a way um you know and kind of their story of trying to break free the the prestige is really a story of feuding magicians, feuding wizards. Um, so we start with two um, magicians, the professor, which is played by Christian Bale and the great Danton, which is played by Hugh Jackman. And they're working for one of my favorite actors, Michael Caine, uh, who is John Cutter. And he's like the stage manager and they're all part of a production. Um, uh, the great Danton's, is it his wife or his girlfriend who at the time I forget? I think it's his wife. I think, wife. He oh, I think it is wife. his wife. Yeah. Okay. So so they basically the professor, Danton, and Danton's wife all work on this magic show. And they their big trick is that they tie up uh, his wife, put her in a dunk her into a tank of water, lock her in there. She's able to slip the knot and escape behind a curtain, and then they whip off the the curtain and boom, she's free and she's magically escaped kind of a, a Houdini type thing. Right. And so that's, that's their big act, but the professor is kind of got a little bit of a, a prideful streak and he feels like it could be done better and easier if they used a different knot. The stage manager is like, dude, don't even try it. It works the way it works. Just let it be. Well, Unfortunately, one night disaster strikes and the, the girl cannot slip out of her knot. She gets trapped in the cage and she drowns on stage. And the great Danton, whose wife just drowned, believes that the professor went, did his other knot, right? Did his, his special knot, even though he was told not to. Uh, the professor says he can't remember. He doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't remember what he did in the moment. It, it just, it was out of his head. And so this starts a really a terrible feud between them where they, the show splits up. The professor goes on to start his own show, but then the great Danton shows up looking for revenge. He feels like that this guy basically stole his wife from him, who he, who he truly loved, and then just went on and is having a great life. So he comes in and tries to sabotage one of his shows and kill him. He fails to kill him, but he does blow off his finger with a gun. And so obviously as a, as a sleight of hand illusionist, this is a huge issue. It basically messes up his whole career. Um, and so then he comes back, uh, you know, then the great Danton goes on to start performing and the professor comes back and sabotages his show. And so they basically, it's like a, basically an arms race where they're just an escalating payback for payback where they both, at, at this point, they both have legitimate con, like gripes with the other person. And so it's gotten to be really bad. Um, that's kind of the history. The, the movie itself is kind of jumping back and forth between the, the there's like basically three time frames. There's like the, I guess what you call the present the middle past and the early past. And so it's very confusing because you're constantly jumping around in the, at the end of times is, which is kind of how it opens. And it's because know, it's being yeah. narrated by Michael Caine. Yeah. And, yeah. but the stories, yeah, exactly. Being told from when he presently was in jail. Right. And talking yes. about the situations that happened in the, past and early past or whatnot well and also it's being told at different times through reading different journals yes. that then a hinge points of the film are when you find out that these journals were actually written to be read by the rival like in both cases yes. the journals were stolen yeah. by yes. the other person <laughs> and they end with and that's why i know that you're here in this situation or whatever and it's and yes, it's it, it, brilliant but it's confusing. very it's very cool but yeah so in so that was kind of the past i kind of set the stage with that the movie actually opens with the professor's character watching the great Danton's presumably final performance where he does a similar trick where he falls into a tank 
and escapes. But well, yeah, absolutely right. Is, no, no. Are, are you talking not, about the transporter? I'm talking. I'm talking about the at the very beginning of the movie. It opens with him going into the tank, and then he's supposed to show up at the top, but he doesn't. And the professor goes down. It's not a tank. Down. It's a platform. He goes on a platform, right? And he disappears. Oh, that's right. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. He he goes onto a platform and he disappears from view. Well, when when the professor looks for him, he finds him underneath the stage, trapped in a in a vat of water, just like his wife. And he tries to get him get her out get him out, but he can't. And they basically find him down there and arrest him for the murder of the great Danton. So, sorry, I hope that wasn't too confusing. It's a confusing movie, but like no, that's how it opens. It. Yeah. So then we find out that there's this this history between them. There's this whole rivalry. Um, what, boy, where do I go from here? Um, I think the, the rivalry continues. Middle yeah. part, uh, right? And the I don't think there's part of the movie is yeah. okay. Okay, I think I think I know where to go from here. All right, so so now basically what we've got is the after they've they've kind of they've messed with each other a bunch and now they're kind of both just competing, right? The professor has a new trick, um, which is the was it called the disappearing man or the, the great transportive man. man? The great yeah. transportive man, where he basically transport just yeah. transportive man. Yeah, you're right. Transporter, transporter man. man. Yeah. He basically stands on one side of the stage with a ball throws the ball, goes into a doorway, closes the door, immediately opens the door on the other side of the stage, steps through and catches the ball, which is pretty impressive. And so Dan, the great Danton is kind of driven mad by this. He's like, how is he doing this? This is crazy. Um, I can't figure it out. So he, he sends his new assistant, who is a girl who it seems like they're kind of they're I mean they're together. It's like his girlfriend, his new girlfriend, who looks a lot like his ex-wife or his his deceased wife, I noticed. Um, he basically sends her to to become the professor's assistant and steal his secrets. He has to know how the transported man works. Um, the the girl goes, she's not happy about being sent as a decoy, but she ends up stealing the notebook of um of the professor and giving it to the great danton he basically finds out like it's it's uh written in a cipher that takes him a long time to translate but it basically he basically finds out by tricking um the professor that he needs to go see nikola tesla which is somebody they both saw at a like a technology show when they were younger so he goes to colorado my state um and rolls up uh, uh he being i'm sorry uh he being the great danton goes to colorado to find tesla and get him to build a machine that will allow him to do whatever you know they'll kind of give him the secrets of the transported man um he basically um we see tesla's machine is this is this machine that like he he puts something into it and it's supposed to make it disappear but it's not quite working right like nothing's happening and so tesla keeps working on it keeps working on it um and and meanwhile danton's trans slowly translating through this journal he gets to the end of the journal and as shy mentioned earlier he finds out that it was actually written with the intention of being stolen the girl was meant to give it to him uh and it basically says hey i just sent you on a wild goose chase i didn't get anything from tesla you're an idiot um <clears throat> So <laughs> he goes to confront Tesla about this. Well, Tesla's shop has been totally torched. He was being hunted by um, Thomas Edison's men. And he basically burned down the place to keep his secret safe and left. Do you, do you I think you jumped? I think you jumped a bit because he goes to confront Tesla, but they, but then they do, then they figure out what's going on with the machine. I don't know if you skipped over oh, that. Oh, they did. That's right. They do they confirm did. that, but then it gets torched after that. Then fact, it gets and he thinks he yes. lost it. I'm sorry. Yeah. There, there, there is a point where we find out that Tesla machine has been working. It's just been moving the things. It's been actually, it and hasn't cloning, been making them disappear. Right? It's been cloning them. They've been appearing outside of, outside of the mm -hmm. workshop. 
um, like there's all these hats and cats that they tried to that they tried to make disappear <laughs> that are now actually cloned, and so it's a, a little bit different. But and Te- when when he confronts him, Tesla says, "I never actually built anything for that guy. I, I, you never, you never said that I did. I told you I'd met with him. I didn't tell you I built anything with him. Like it was kind of a miscommunication." But anyway, so Tesla's place gets burned down, but Tesla does deliver the machine to the great Danton. So he goes back to, I think, or are they in London? I think, in, I think this one's set in London. Sounds Looks good. like it. I, I believe it's London. <laughs> um, and he, he's, he starts his new show and now he's got like the real transported man or the, the yeah. you know, the better, the like new, basically the new, the new transported man. Last year, yeah. Yes. And no, so, it's literally called the new transported the man. The new transported man. So in this one, he does it. He goes up on stage. He goes into his machine, just like what we saw the, at the opening of the film. He disappears. London. And then he pops up immediately, like at the back of the theater. So like he basically the balcony. is- yeah. Right. Um, and so- now we see that that's his trick he you know uh the professor gets arrested because it looks like he killed him when he's found underneath in the water tank the professor gets we're skipping over a lot of stuff here there's a lot we have to though like we have to we we, we only have about 10 more minutes (laughs) um you know so yeah watch the movie it's it's a good movie you hopefully you've already watched the movie you should have already watched the movie um you know, so we get to the end and it's revealed that um, what's happening basically is every time that the great Danton goes mm-hmm. into the machine, one of him is falling through the floor and landing in a water vat. And one of them is being cloned and showing up somewhere else. And the dude in the water vat is drowning every time he performs the show. And like the vat is basically in secret taken out and stored in this giant warehouse. And uh, so he basically set up the professor in his, basically his last act of vengeance. He set him up to be framed for his, his murder when he really wasn't being murdered. Cause or I, we'll get to that. Um, and of course there was another part, you know, the professor had a, a <clears throat> wife and, um, and a child that he loved that um the great well hold on we'll get to that too <laughs> that we'll get, we'll get oh my god um that basically so much there, the dude. great danton took took his daughter away right like that was his end game was to take 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 away the the person he loved the way he lost his wife hmm. um going back to the professor so you might be wondering how did he do his transported man trick well it turns out he got a true body double. He had a partner who, like, they basically tied their lives together. They was it chopped... a twin? Was it a like twin was it brothers? A twin understood. brothers is what I was yeah. thought. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. They, they just they committed look... to that. Completely. They did. They completely, completely oh. they, they <laughs> completely. chopped off the guys, the the other guy's finger, so they'd both be missing a finger, so you couldn't tell them apart. And they basically each had half a life, where they would switch around with each other, but it it basically wrecked their lives too because the one brother loved one girl but the other brother loved a different girl and so when they you know were with the person they didn't care about they probably they didn't really treat them right and there's a lot of crazy stuff there. and the girls even mention as much they're like i feel like sometimes when you tell me you love me you don't mean it well that's because it wasn't the real brother who actually loved it like it's it's crazy yeah the movie is ripe with foreshadowing um oh yeah it is just and and i think i don't know we're still wrapping up right like are we yeah you haven't finished i think I think that's about it. I mean, well, I mean, it, well, you didn't get to the end where, like, basically, the professor's killed, yes. and yes. then Danton has basically like gone to like do his like he's done he's done, but he's like disposing of the last body, and all of a sudden the you know the professor's whether it's the real professor or his double shows up and then kills Danton, shoots him for yes. killing the professor, um, and then goes and gets his daughter. Well, yeah, and one professor gets hanged. Yeah. So one of the two, I, I guess you don't know, but Sarah and I argued about this whether it was clear. But to me, there were there were two. There's the professor and his body double, right? The real professor loved his original wife and his daughter. The fake professor liked the other assistant girl who was sent over as a spy. I don't, yes. Are you talking about who's is the professor the one who's gift, the gifted illusionist or no? Because I would argue the opposite. Yes. I think the I think the real 
professor, the one who was gifted, likes liked the not the wife. I think it was the one who wasn't the actual really? magician, liked the wife, and and was the was. See, the that's what fathers. Sarah thought too. I didn't think it was. I, I don't think. I think he was so cold and and pathological. I don't think he like he didn't he didn't really have a heart for like a family. Like he and and so like I don't know if you were gonna go with this with like who ended up with the daughter, but like as they were separating right. at the prison the one who's getting hanged says you were right i shouldn't have i should have let it go i shouldn't have gone and looked at the trick and i think that goes to show that that was the mm. true professor because the true professor would be the one who would be like i've got to know kind of like how hugh jackman had to know i dig it and so okay. it was I'm the one who that. wasn't the true professor who i think is also the one who had a heart who ended up with the daughter who was actually her dad the one who loved her. i dig it and so i think if there was anything like heartwarming about this film which there's like you have to dig for nah, it it's a that dark was it movie. is that it's i think she ended up with movie. with a dad who would love her in the end basically um, everybody dies <laughs> it, and they kill a lot of animals in the, in they do. the movie too well, yeah. so do they even if they don't well, want to kill, kill one the, animal a lot of times and even when they don't want to try to kill the animals then christian what bale animal? comes in and kills the animal anyway right. um <laughs> Oh, with the bird, like the bird. Yeah, the bird cage. Oh, the bird. Yeah. Okay. I was. I thought you were talking about the. I thought you were talking about the cats. I was like, I don't think those cats are dying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that's where we're at. So, I'm I'm with that. I I guess I didn't think that. I thought it was the other way. But I I would like. I'd love to watch it again now and see if I agree with that. But I do see what you're saying. So that that really the original professor even though he married that girl and had a kid with her never really cared about her i well, we don't know i always assume we that, don't know which one was which at any given time remember well but see i think you do because they didn't start that trick until like halfway through the movie like he wasn't no they were they, were they were swapping out the every time life. and i think if you think about it when he says he can't remember that's a great callback to the beginning of the show because he really couldn't remember because the whole the whole got, point is is how committed to this the professor is right like like and that's why Gosh, when he told Dan you Jackman, Kong? he's like, he's like, what t- night did you t- not? He, t- he probably, he probably asked the guy who wasn't the one who tied the knot. And so instead of saying, I don't know, he said he can't remember, which then pissed you Jackman Ooh, off. He's like, how can you not like remember? That. But it's because he, God, he didn't know. He wasn't the like one who that. was there that night. I didn't even catch See, that. And, um, I always, I didn't, I didn't think that they did that whole body double no, thing the until they thing. started the yeah, train. No. Well, but why, why would they do it before the transport? That, that, no, that, that was. That's, that's, that was how thing. committed he was to being an illusionist that he always had this going the entire time that nobody would ever see that. So remember when they went to China to go watch the guy do the fishbowl and yeah. he was walking around, he was act, he still it. acting crippled and everything. And he goes, see, that's somebody who is dedicated to his art and really takes that. it the whole way. And then Danton was like, I don't know, he looks kind of foolish to me. That like shows the two mindsets of the, of the, of the, yes. of the, oh, the I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's what I'm saying. He was, he saw himself in that Asian um a magician because he was committed 100% to it just like the professor was committed See, 100% I, I to, took it to I took it that that inspired him to do it No like, I took I, it that I didn't he was think- I would. I'm. Gonna, I'm definitely gonna have to watch it again now and yeah. see if I can prove it. Like to see if I can see really what's the first time that we can say with reasonable like okay, there's something that tells me this is not the same person. Uh, I'll be interested to do that. So okay, well yeah. if that and if that's the case, that does make sense. I mean, I guess you're right, maybe because she did. His girlfriend did say that line about sometimes you mean it, sometimes you don't. That was pretty well early before in the, the transfer to yeah. men. That's true. Gosh, see, even I'm learning things about this. Yeah. I thought I had a pretty good grasp <laughs> on it, man. Wasn't the shot finger? Wasn't that? Remember when it reopened? Wasn't that even also before the well, tr- transport of man? Or I don't. Maybe it that. Wasn't. Yes, but uh, that that was oh. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're right. That was, I know that was definitely when they were Warden definitely doing it up. that time. That's, uh-huh. that's certainly, we know that at the very least they're doing it there. Cause that's why he opened up. Cause he chopped off the other guy's hand. And so opening it up really yeah, exactly. was, yeah. was the second yeah, guy. Exactly. Had a yeah. fresher wound really. Okay. So Van, what's still uh, outstanding for you? You said you still didn't get it. What, what part's still there? Maybe we can talk through that a little bit. No, I, I think you actually, but while you were explaining it in your recap was, was mm-hmm. super helpful to help okay, put good. a lot of the pieces together. So I was just thinking to myself, I was like, huh, this is kind of like watching it the second time. Like I <laughs> talked about when you watch it a second time, you actually understand it. So no, you, yes. it was just the ending. There was, it's like, okay, what is the main climax? Is the fact that he, <laughs> is it the fact that there's a twin brother or is it the fact that he was actually being cloned or is it the fact that he got killed at the end? Like, yeah, there was just a lot going on to, totally. to follow that path. So hearing your explanation of it over again just helped helped it settle a little bit more so so what then let's should we talk about what we liked or disliked about this one 
I love. I'll start because I re- I've always loved the the uh, Prestige more than the Illusionist. Um, I'd agree with I that. Saw, I saw them both early on when they first came out, and I thought what I love about the Prestige is how it just makes you think a little bit. Like that idea, like you can almost feel like that queasy feeling when you think about like, what would it be like to walk into that machine and not know if you're going to be the man on the balcony or the man in the tank? Be- like, you know, and, and it also makes you think about like the, the nature of existence. And like, again, we're getting very philosophical here, but like the nature of reality, like if you were to get cloned, like which mind would be yours? How would you, how would you like what does it mean to be you and is like every time he does that is he a different person is he the same person is it sometimes he's different sometimes the same like it's a lot of like very weird metaphysical questions that it makes you kind of ponder and it just is interesting to think about yeah i I agree with that i think that's what i like so there are two things i liked about it one was the just the raw commitment to their arts yeah. like in the actual killing of the birds to to make it seem like you know you brought this bird back to life and it was never hurt in the first place and you'd come to find out like no the only reason the trick works is because they literally do kill the bird but you're not supposed to know that you just think that it comes back so like that was shocking um and and then also exactly what you were talking about all the questions and everything the illusionist had a lot of questions but in my opinion there were more shallow questions like oh how did he do you know the, the the apparitions or whatever but with the prestige the questions just seemed a little more deep like you were talking about philosophical and things like that so i appreciated the commitment and just the fact that it has rewatch value where i don't think the illusionist has a lot of rewatching value i agree with that <clears throat> although although i i would be interested if i did rewatch the illusionist again like sheeny was talking about yeah to find is there stuff in the background, background? are yeah. there little clues that are not even addressed that maybe if you see them you can make an, an inference yeah. but i did i did and we talked about it a little bit i liked how they explained they showed so many of the 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 way they do the tricks in 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 the prestige like they we we found out how both transporting man works transported man's work um like Again, maybe you don't know the math behind Tesla's cloning, but like, it's not magic. It's it's science. It's technology. Whether it's real technology or not, you can argue. But what about you, Shai? What 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 were some things you liked or disliked? Um, I think if talking about liked, I think that I mean I think it is. I would say it's a much better movie than The Illusionist. I think it's better, well, better, well, more well put together. I think that there's just so much there. It's just layered like an onion. And it's just, I think before the show, we talked about, the, we mentioned Inception briefly. And I think that this is a very glimmer of like what Inception was. And I think I've often talked about with you, Smiley, at least. I think one of the best things about Inception or one of the coolest things that Christopher Nolan does with that movie, a much later and I think better film even, um, is that he takes an extremely complex idea that like, if you tried to explain to someone in a couple minutes, like it would just like, they wouldn't understand. Like it would just... But he takes this extremely complex idea, throws you kind of into the middle of it at the beginning of the film. And by the end of the film, as it's kind of playing out, you're anticipating and you know, like you understand it completely and you're and you're going along with the idea. And I think that like the prestige, he makes this really complex film, but like at like he, by the end, you're like, oh, yes, like I get it. And I think there's just like there's just some really cool things. I think that even the name and the idea of the film, it's called the prestige. It's about the stages of a magic trick. And at yes. the end of the film, the, the, the twist, the prestige of the film is the fact that there were two, like just, this yeah, is, it's a, a genius reveal, movie. Right. Yeah. It's a genius sure. movie. And I mean, Christopher Nolan's a genius. Him and his brother, you know, they write and direct. I think he directs films. His brother writes the films that they write in together. Like they're geniuses. Um, I, I've, so I take the different perspective than you guys, as far as rewatchability. I'm glad I watched it a second time. I think I picked up a lot more. Would I watch it a third time at some point? Maybe I, I don't, I, I just, there's something about either reading books or watching movies where watch, you watch people destroy themselves that I have no interest in. And this, that, that is yeah. that is the base fundamental aspect of this film is you're watching two people destroy each other's lives. And I, yeah. I really have no enjoy, like by the end of the film, like I, 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 I was kind of depressed the rest of the day after watching it. Like I just, I really don't like <laughs> I understand the film. that. Yeah. Um, and I can't really recommend it. Like I was telling my parents, I was watching them and I'm like, I don't think my mom's ever seen the procedure. I'm like, yeah, you don't want to watch it. Like it's just, it's a real downer of a film. Um, it's extremely yes. well done and it's beautiful and like whatever. But um, so in my mind, like I'd be much more likely, like if I were to own one of them, it'd probably be the illusionist. Cause I might actually watch sit down and watch that with like my wife or like someone like one day, yeah. like have people over and show it to them. Like, um, 
the prestige was like when I was in college and we were in film school, like, or like broadcast, you know, we all went to see it in theaters. We're like, oh, that was so amazing and ingenious, you know, but like, I don't know. It's just depressing. I think Sarah probably <laughs> agrees with you. It was a dark movie. It was, it's hard and it's hard. It is. I mean, it's, it's really a cautionary tale, right? Like, I mean, the moral of the story in my mind is like, this is what happens when you let vengeance run your mm-hmm. life like like two wrongs don't make a right and like when somebody wrongs you repaying it in kind just magnifies everybody's pain like that's really what it was about like and i think there's two i think there's two morals because i don't think they suffered from the same thing i don't think that the professor and, and danton had the same motivations even i think that danton it was vengeance he wanted yeah. to see the professor suffer like he suffered and he never yeah. actually really got to see that until you know the professor was killed um but I think, I really think the professor, I don't think it was so much vengeance. I think it was pride. And I think we saw him go after Danton whenever he thought that Danton had figured something out. Yeah. Like, or took the spotlight off of him. So maybe it was vengeance to a certain extent, but it wasn't, it was so much, I think, more to get the spotlight back on him. Um, yeah. And and so I think, the, the, I think there's twin morals, like you said, like the vengeance, but also like a lesson about pride as well. And just, you know, um, I don't know. Do you have anything, Dan? before I go to the next topic. Let's talk about the casts. Um, who were, for, and let's open this up to both movies, um, if that wasn't already clear. Like what, what who were some of your favorite um, performances and who were some of maybe your least favorite ones? That's and, hard because like both of them have amazing casts. They do. There's a lot of big names, a lot of big names in both movies. Like Edward Norton and Jessica Biel. Uh, so... I will say it did take a little while to get over the whole Batman. Um, Edward was what's his name? Batman's helper. Um, um, oh, Michael. Caine? Alfred. Alfred. No, I know Alfred. That's it. Yeah. So it did kind of get. <laughs> really? It was kind of hard to get over you the whole. You kept picturing Batman. him as Alfred. Yes, always. Oh, because the they're together. Time. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even oh, think of that. Yes. I didn't and the other guy's name is Alfred this time though. So like, yes, it gets really, Alfred it gets the professor. Really, Alfred. Borden. It gets really confusing. So it took some time to get over that. <laughs> But, I've seen yeah. Michael Caine in so many things. I, like I, most people think of him as Alfred, I guess. But I, to me, he's yeah. always Ebenezer Scrooge from the Muppet Christmas. No, to now. me, he's Alfred. So and 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 <laughs> and um, what's his name is Batman. So it was yeah, it was I hard to to get out of that mindset. But no, so I don't have an opinion. They're just both amazing casts, and I, I I and they clearly did their their jobs really really well. I thought the casts were great. I, you know what's funny is um, I don't know if you guys picked up on this because he's not he doesn't star a lot as as himself, but. Um, you guys, did you guys pick up who Tesla is? Did you guys recognize that yes. actor? Andy yes. Circus. Uh, um, yes. Gollum, the voice of Gollum. Um, yes. It, so, like, I thought that was, uh, I'm like, no. that? The no, face no, of Gollum, no, no, too, no? The face, no, yeah, the face Andy yes. Bowie. Andy Circus was his assistant. So, the assistant, I'm sorry, the assistant. Tesla was Tesla's David Bowie. I didn't pick up on David Bowie. Which is awesome. Like, I didn't know that the first time I watched it. David Bowie? David Bowie? I didn't Hell know that. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. yeah, Andy Circus is, is his uh, is Mr. Alley. Tess, yeah, Tess does. Oh my God. Um, Let's dance. But what I was going to say, um, I just, I think that all the, like what Van said, both casts are great. That's David Bowie? I would, I would say, that I think. That is awesome. I see I thought, it. I thought Jessica Biel was kind of underwhelming. I don't, like, not that she had much of a role, probably, but I think even the female leads in The Prestige, and maybe they had more to work with, did a much more compelling job with their roles like and maybe it might be Jessica Biel's character was more one-sided anyway um I do agree that I feel like there were a lot of stereotypes that were instilled in her role like the victim the poor maiden the selfless and all these things and it was up to the guy to not to sound too much like a feminist but it was up to the guy to rescue her and to figure everything out so that they can go away together and she could be with her one true love and all that stuff like I I did see think, that also that was i think that goes back a little bit to what how shy described i think it was shy describes a little bit more fairy tale like mm-hmm. um and yeah. i agree with that like it did feel a little bit more cliche in a, in yeah. a lot of ways super yeah i i agree i i really thought that the inner dynamics between the professor and the great danton was really i really thought that was interesting but the the girls as well like both um both his original wife and then and um, the professor's wife and the girlfriend who's also mistress like like I thought all of them like there's a lot of chemistry there's a lot of interest there like I thought that was much better performance in the illusionist I didn't I didn't I wasn't that compelled with um, with uh, Jessica Biel and uh, Edward Norton's 
Like, I mean, it was fine, but like you said, it's kind of cliche. What I thought was great in that one, I think, Shy, you you were probably going there. Like, I thought Edward Norton and Paul Giamatti. Yes. Like, oh, their yeah. kind of better dynamic like, friend yeah. frenemy thing was like that was yeah. super interesting and super cool to watch. And like, you were kind of like like you knew Paul Giamatti was a bad guy, but you're still kind of rooting for him to like do the right thing and stuff because he was like he wasn't a bad bad guy. He was just yeah, kinda, like, you could tell there was like that internal conflict too within yes. him, and it's like, like yeah. I thought that was really cool. Well, and even even the Emperor's son, I was gonna take a shot at him but i'm like yeah. i think he did a good job in that role like he played a convincing like skeptic kind of a-hole like i think yeah, he, yeah. He, no yeah. he was fantastic he was really yeah. fantastic in that. he was the in, only other place who I was, that? From oh, was yeah. a, knight, a knight's tale rufus sewell yeah he's a nice tale. what oh. else was he win he's he's like that, i don't know if you guys see this he looks to me exactly like jude law whenever i see him i always think of jude law like they look like doubles to me actually i can kind of see Have it you guys ever picked up on that he was in something else recently oh, though he was in as uh, a bad guy as well my wife actually recognized him from dark city which I've never seen. You guys have seen Dark, she's seen Dark seen, City? I haven't seen it, but apparently that's one of the other twin movies, right? Isn't that the twin movie with the Matrix? Oh, Matrix, yeah. So we may, be, we may be circling around to that again. Are there two sequels that suck too? I don't, I don't know. I've never seen the first I don't one. Think so. so. <laughs> and don't watch yourself. <laughs> we haven't done our Matrix podcast, but I'll ride for those. I'll do the first I'll, one. I'll ride, I'll especially sit, the third the, one. I'll sit the next two out. You know, I think you need to rewatch them again. I think you're biased by pop, public opinion. do that opinion. to me. <laughs> do we need to make a verdict? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so let's talk about final. Well, I mean, I think we've all kind of already said, like, haven't we? Uh, well, I, I, I guess I not. I'm, I'm, two, I'm, going to a des- I'm going to a deserted island. I'm taking the prestige with me, not the illusionist. Well, no, I, well, I think that's all right. <laughs> Never mind. If that's the way you want to answer that, that's fine. I'm Let's not answering answer it the like same that. question. Let's answer it like that first. I agree with Van. All right. Prestige, prestige by a mile. I disagree. Like, I could watch that multiple times right. again. Yeah. Illusionist, I give or take. Shy, so I wouldn't. I would take the illusionist. You would take the illusionist. What? How, what, how did you? What, how did you envision the question, Shy? You ask your question, and we'll answer it. <laughs> Guys aren't gonna like it because once again, no, I, it's like, I will like which it. is the oh, better God, movie? Here we go. Like, it's, oh, it's no. what does better mean? <laughs> How do you define <laughs> better? Objectively, better. I think the prestige what is, is better. Art? I think the prestige is better than Independence Day. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> There's no way that's true. There's no way I would watch it more than Independence Day. I'd watch Independence Day hundreds of times more than How Prestige. Can you say that? But See, I that's it's, uh, I think you know that's technically boy, uh, we are gonna is, have to do a it is an ingenious focus. film. It is a super clever, super smart, super well done at the top of its game as far as like filmmaking as an art. Some might say greatest really like of all time. It. I particularly don't like it. So wait, so if you had to give it out of, of all time? let's give it a give them each a ranking out of ten. One one through ten, with ten being Independence Day. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and one being and the one matrix being reloaded matrix if that, if you want to yeah, that. Exactly. not that i agree with that but like i i i would i'll go first i would give um i would give prestige like a nine i really like it i would give the illusionist a six like it's a solid movie i'm glad i watched it i don't regret it um it's not one of my very favorites but it, it was fine i thought edward norton and, and paul giamatti really i agree good. on the six i'm thinking prestige 8.5 but, I would probably give the losers more like seven or eight because I think it's really well done and I really like it. I would probably give the prestige a ten. I think it's one of the best films that's been made in our lifetimes. I mean, it's boy, we are gonna have to delve into this because it's just it's so interesting that like what makes something good? Like the fact that you give it a ten but you don't like it and you wouldn't recommend it. I don't respect it. I so much respect You wouldn't invite it. somebody to over to watch it. That like. Isn't, I think it's like like an athlete. You can like respect an athlete and think that yeah. they're a, a dick, but sure. like be like they are a great athlete and they're like maybe the, even the greatest of That's all time. Really good point. But they're a jerk and I don't like them. Or they play for a team I hate. It's like or like Jeter. So, like but, you can't say yeah. Jeter's not an amazing baseball so player, so but right. I don't so like him. It's my fault as asking you to give a rating and not specifying. So you rate it ten of ten technically, but I'm saying as a whole, yeah. like like if you rate something as a whole, like don't how you have to take feel. into account how it makes you feel. Isn't that part of the rating? Doesn't like if you think about what goes into no, a rating, not doesn't for me. have not for we're gonna have more I'm on this, just, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back, we'll be back for this. Well, let's table this for now. Let's table this for now. Okay, any final thoughts before we before we wrap this up? We are gonna get kicked off the call. Um, one last final thought with prestige, just yes. talking about the foreshadowing. I don't know if you guys remember, there's a scene early on when he meets his wife, and yeah. it and she has it's her, it's her, doesn't she have a son? Oh no, it's her nephew, maybe she's Wait, with, she's yes. with that boy. Um, are you talking no. about a bird and he's Professor's like, oh, yeah. where's his brother? Where's his brother? Yeah, I love and that it's just line. Like foreshadowing. Yes. Oh, the foreshadowing is so good. Like, oh, man. Oh, how clever. 
I didn't even catch that. Like I remember Dude, that. You part. should look at the reaction of what's his name, the professor. The yeah, yeah. You should or look at the reaction. That, professor O'Borden, whoever was. Yeah, that. that's we, we don't know who it was yes, because yeah. you could see him get super caught off guard, and he like flinches. He's like, "Wait, what?" Like, oh, it's it's a pretty awesome scene. So yeah. really, that does lend credit to what you guys are saying about about it. Really, him having done it since the very beginning. That is wild. I'm definitely gonna have to give that another one. Give that another look. Movie's a goat. The movie's the goat. But, but not, you would not recommend not it to anybody. <laughs> We're going to have to revisit this. We're going to really have to revisit this. All right. Well, if you have an opinion, if you think that uh, you have a suggestion for a good rating system, if you want to weigh in on the Pursuit <laughs> Illusionist or The Matrix Reloaded or Independence Day or whatever, um, why don't you drop us a line? Uh, we're the Focus Target Podcast. We're on Twitter at Focus Target. We have a YouTube page, Focus Target Podcast. Email Podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah. That's the podcast. We've, we've gone roll. Thanks for being with us. This is our first of our we've gone roll. I think I meant to say we rolled long. Let me correct myself. Smiley's cleanup corner. Um, but thanks for being with us. This was maybe hopefully we'll we'll try and do some more twin movie stuff in, in the future. Um, but uh, glad you could join us today. Sorry if the uh, if the recaps were a little bit uh, windy. They were windy movies, so we did our best. So uh, thanks for being here. I'm your host, Smiley. It's a shy. I'm Ben. As always, cover us, Porkins. We're out.